Praise the Lord today, and this is Pastor Adams, President and Founder of Truth Matters Ministries in Atlanta, Georgia. Thank you once again for joining our Truth Matters podcast, and we really count on the privilege to be able to be host in attendance of this very vital ministry of contending for the faith that has once and for all been delivered into the saints according to Jude 3. And before we get into our topic today, on Black Liberation Theology, we want to go before our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, in prayer. Now, Father, you told us in your word that man should always pray and not faint. And you said, let our requests be made known unto the Lord. And you told us, Lord God, that we know that we have the petitions that we desired of you because we ask according to your will. And you said of this one thing, be not unwise, and that is what the will of the Lord is. Lord, you've revealed to us that your will is that men be saved. You said that you would that men everywhere repent and believe the gospel. You said, Lord God, that you desire all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. And Lord, we thank you today that this message of salvation through Jesus Christ, it must be paramount. It must have precedence. It must be our primary priority. And Lord God, today we pray that everyone who listens to this podcast today, that they will be able to be equipped and that they can receive knowledge and wisdom and understand the importance of sharing the true gospel of Jesus Christ that is able to save our souls. Amen. And today we're going to start off our podcast. And before we do, I believe it's important that we be mindful of the words that were spoken by Blaise Pascal. He said that truth is so obscure in these times. And he said that falsehoods are so well established that unless men really love the truth, he says we can't hardly know it. And one thing I believe today is that it's so important that we as children of God, as people of God, that we can discern the difference between wheat and chaff, that which is authentic and that which is counterfeit. So as we continue in our examination on Black Liberation Theology or Woke Theology, we want to just talk about and share the parallels and the framework of Black Liberation Theology. As we had mentioned last uh, on our last podcast about how Elijah Muhammad in his book, Message to the Black, Black Man, was sharing about how Moses was a liberator and God was a liberator and that the oppressor of the black man and the black man who was God's people and that their entire message and the framework of their message is that salvation and liberation came from the God or the creator actually coming to bring salvation to man and that his social liberation and his social salvation is really uh, predominant. But just as Elijah Muhammad has used biblical texts and characters to demonstrate the facts of racist and social injustice and hatred and and then of course the intent to integrate salvation and liberation and victory within a social construct to a degree so does purveyors of black liberation or woke theology black theology has emerged in the last two decades with the wave of liberation movements as an expression of the black consciousness so, so many times I'm talking to people or I'll be listening to an interview or I'll hear someone who is a part of a, a, a partially African-American 
a tailored movement or organization, they will say, well, you know, we need to become more conscious. And conscious is commensurate or uh, it's also known as being aware or woke of our position as black people versus our oppressors in the world. And as an ideology, this peculiar theology, which is similar to Nation of Islam, Islam hyperbolic imagery, when applying scripture text to current concerns, and those current concerns are towards the liberation of oppressed people. So just like the NOI does that, Black liberation theology or woke theology does the same thing. On the surface, it appears to be a reactionary effort against a white theology that has not spoken to the needs of the Negro race. To be oppressed is to be black. These are just some foundational things that we have to understand. And to be an oppressor is to be white. So black and white relate not to skin pigmentation, but to one's attitude and action toward the liberation of the oppressed black people from white racism. I want you all to understand these foundational components of black liberation theology. See, oppression relates to physical, economic, and psychological and political repression. In view of this oppression, black theology and liberation theology in general, it seeks to speak to this world problems rather than the other world or the world to come issues. To concrete circumstances rather than abstract thought, to the sinfulness of man's plight in a ghetto rather than sin that's in man's heart, and to a savior who delivers man from earthly slavery rather than a savior who saves man from eternal spiritual bondage. See, this is black liberation theology in a word. And see, the purpose of this Truth Matters podcast is to, number one, set forth the mitte or the center of black theology and examine this emphasis in relation to specific beliefs of black theology today. And two, to evaluate and interact with those beliefs in light of Holy Scripture. And thirdly, to ascertain what Christians may learn and how they may benefit from the interaction with black theology. So what is black theology? Black theology is a form of liberation theology. The theology of liberation pertains to man's efforts to establish a just and fraternal society in which all people may have dignity and determine their own destiny. That sounds pretty good, doesn't it? You know what? I agree with that. I desire that. I will fight for that. And also the idea of liberation in the words of uh, one of its founders, Guterres, emphasizes that man transforms himself by conquering his liberty throughout his existence and his history. Understand, people of God, that the Bible presents liberation, salvation, that's in Christ as a total gift. Which, if we by taking on the levels that we indicate, gives the whole process of liberation its deepest meaning and its complete and foreseeable fulfillment. Liberation can thus be approached as a single salvific process. This viewpoint, therefore, permits us to consider the unity without confusion of man's various dimensions, that is, his relationships with other men and with the Lord, which theology has been attempting to establish for some time. 
When you look at the, the naked theology of liberation, it is seen as the fulfillment and deliverance of theology from the abstract to place it in concrete situations in life, to put it into the heat of the battle. Liberation theology represents attempts to move theology from the abstract to the practical, real-life situations, and to also call attention to the social implications of the gospel that have generally been ignored by Western nations. Also, many liberation theologians, they do theorize in a vacuum, seeing no relation of their theology to life. Liberation theologians believe it is important for armchair theologians to stand up and be involved with the actual dilemmas of life. Liberation theologians seeks to cause abstract theologians to recognize that traditional theology has offered a false view of the gospel and the world of men. Catch this. Liberation theology wishes to cause a theological reformation of what is called civil religionists who they consider have failed to see the inconsistency of proclaiming a God who created all men equal, a Christ who died to set all men free, but is unconcerned about their earthly existence, who pharisaically interpret all as ill-gotten gain as defined favor, who seek God's favor as they continue their acts of violence against the family of men, who proclaim a pie in the sky to the have-nots And then they proclaim heaven has an extension for the good life for the haves. And who also emphasize evangelism for souls as though those souls were devoid of bodies and human personality. I think this is very important for consideration to see that really distinction between emphasis between liberation theology and traditional Christian theology. Thus proclaiming salvation as having an earthly nature and seeking equality and justice for all in this life are the essence of liberation theology. According to liberation theologians, that is the meaning of Christianity and the mission of the church. Wait a minute, Pastor Adams, I didn't catch that. Okay, let's, let's, let's say it again. So, The essence of liberation theology, according to liberation theologians, is the meaning of Christianity and the mission of the church, which is proclaiming salvation as having an earthly nature and seeking equality and justice for all in this life is the essence of the mission of the Christian church. And we at Truth Matters, we find that extremely problematic and contrary to Scripture. And we'll be sharing details about that as we continue on. So let's look at the rise of black liberation theology. See, what gave rise to this specifically black theological thought? Apparently, black theology as the religious answer to secular black power arose because the need need for black people to define and scope the meaning of black existence in a white racist society. The attempt to define this existence from a theological perspective came about when blacks were caught up in the civil rights movement in the late 50s and early 60s. In these years, the American Negro was seeking to discover his past and present identity in view of 
black slavery, both physical and mental. Blacks sought their roots in Africa, attempted to understand their place in society. And with that in mind, this secular search ultimately could not be divorced from a religious investigation for religious experience was part of their lifeblood of the black people of America. See, the black church was a creation of black people whose daily existence was an encounter with the overwhelming and brutalized reality of white power. For the slaves, it was the sole source of identity and the sense of community. The black church became the only sphere of black experience that was really free of white power. And for this reason, the black church became the center for emphasis on freedom and equality. Similarly, today, blacks have formed a cohesion between the church and politics so that a theological expression of the desire for social freedom is somewhat natural within the black community. So as we look at that, we have to really look at the uniqueness of the black liberation theology. See, black liberation or woke theology shares much in common with liberation theology in general, but also has its own uniqueness. So what is that uniqueness? As a theology of liberation, it is concerned with the political and economic aspects of salvation rather than the salvation in spiritual terms. This is so important. We can't miss it. Their main focus and concern is with the political and economic aspects of salvation rather than salvation in spiritual terms. Moreover, God is viewed as being primarily for the poor over and against the rich that is in society. However, black theologians seek to interpret liberation from a black American or black African perspective, though even blacks in the United States and Africa sense differences in that emphasis. Black theology, unlike Latin American liberation thought, is concerned with racism and a historical identity. So let's look at the center of black liberation theology. See, black theology is limited in scope comprising only a few of those areas found in the theological expression of the West. See, the theology of Western Christendom was developed in the midst of and in response to a great controversy. Similarly, black theology has emerged from the field of struggle and seeks to concern itself with issues with which it must contend for on a daily basis. Black theologians have developed a center or a focal point around which their theology revolves by which their theology is controlled. Evangelical theology has usually seen the person of Christ as the mitty or the center of the Bible and thus the center of their theology. However, black theology center is the theme of oppression. Intricate and largely philosophical views of God and the world are ignored in preference for concerns of the pain and suffering of the poor and the oppressed. Please don't miss this distinction, people of God. Not only is the oppression of blacks the major center of the theology, but also an area of theology which attempts to counter or play down this theme is rejected. So, the authority base that supports the focus, the authority recognized by proponents of black theology is the black experience of oppression. This is an anthropocentric base, which means it is belief that human beings are the most important entity in the universe rather than the authority of Christ in Scripture. Say it again. Within black liberation theology, it is what is called anthropocentric 
which means black theology and the belief that human beings that they are the most important entity in the universe rather than the authority of Jesus Christ in the scripture. See, black theology sees a prior authority that unites all black people and transcends these theological or doctrinal differences among blacks and Protestant denominations. It is this common experience among black people in America that black theology elevates as a supreme test for truth. To put it real simply, black theology knows no authority more binding than the experience of oppression itself. In their viewpoint, this alone must be the ultimate authority in religious matters. I want you just to chew on that for a minute. So permeating is the issue of the oppression of blacks in white society. Its founder, uh, Mr. Cone, said, John Cone wrote, The fact that I am black is my ultimate reality. He said, my, ident- my identity with blackness, a term for one who is oppressed, and what it means for millions living in a white world controls the investigation. It is impossible for me to surrender this basic reality for a higher, more universal reality. Wow. Therefore, if a higher, ultimate reality is to have meaning, it must relate to the very essence of blackness. Therefore, the anthropocentric emancipation from oppression is the controlling factor in black theology and colors whatever aspect of theology it touches. I think in this Truth Matters podcast, it's important for us to to mention that black theology is not interested in Western discussions about God. Black theologians believe the questions about God's essence and attributes are fruitless. Instead, they're concerned about discovering a God who will involve himself in the black experience and be their deliverer. Black people have heard through, have heard enough about God over the years. What they want to know is what God has to say about their black condition. Or more importantly, what is what is God actually doing about it? Is he operating as a distant, fideistic type of God? Is he is he operating in deism or is he involved or interacting with us as a people? What is the relevance in the struggle against the forces of evil which seek to destroy black beings? These are the questions which must shape the character or the norm of black theology. See, Christians' concepts of God taught to the black man are to be discarded or at least ignored. It's one of the positions that so many have in black liberation theology. The arguments about the person of God, the Trinity, his supreme power and authority, as well as his subtle indications of God's white maleness do not relate to, and in some cases are antagonistic to, the black experience. For example, the image of God as all-knowing and all power is too familiar to comfort from a background of slavery. This kind of God is too similar to the white oppressor. Concepts such as God is love or God is freedom have more meaning for and are more acceptable to the oppressed. Black theology's dominant perspective on God is, is God in action, delivering the oppressed because of his righteousness. He is to be seen, not in a transcendent way of Greek philosophy, but imminent 
involved and among his people. He is doing something. He's active with us, as illustrated in the Old Testament when he delivered his people Israel from Egypt's bondage. Hmm, remember the message to the black man? See, this emphasis on God's activity at the expense of his essence reveals that black theology partakes of process thought. The continued emphasis on God's action among his people appears to be similar to the idea of eminence of God's process theology. Over against the God above the order of things, God is also seen to be in flux or always changing. So I think it's so important that when we look at black theology, we have to understand in black theology, one's view of God is totally determined by the need for freedom from oppression. It's a sort of dues ek machina, which means an unexpected power or event saving a seemingly hopeless situation, especially to be contrived, plot device, or in a play or a novel. In other words, it's when there is an intervention by God. And the black theologian is intentionally oblivious to the comprehension theology that may be proper. One aspect that we're going to cover before we end this podcast is that black liberation theology teaches that Jesus identifies with the oppressed. Now, blacks in America historically are Christians. Now, in view of this, Jesus is prominent in their beliefs. God is the loving, benefit, beneficent, forgiving, and gracious father who can deliver slaves and punish their masters. And Jesus is pictured by the slaves as their elder brother. He is their savior but he is also a fellow sufferer who is still alive that can also render help to us in our situations. Since the time of slavery, Jesus remained prominent in black theology. But with the rise of black theology and black consciousness, Jesus is perceived in a more political way. He is one who delivers almost exclusively, it appears, in social ways. He is still a liberator, but more than that, He is a black Messiah whose life and work of emancipating the poor and the rejected of society parallels the black attempt at liberation. The message of Christ, it is said, is black power. John Cone elucidates this thing. He says, it is my thesis that black power, even in its most radical expression, is not the antithesis of Christianity, nor is it a heretical idea to be tolerated with painful forbearance. It is rather Christ's central message to 20th century America. Similarly, and more forcefully, he says, black power is not the antithesis of Christianity. Black power is Christianity. Hmm. The reason Christianity is viewed as black power is that Christ and his message embodies the essence of Christianity. Since he became black, all his disciples and their proclamation must be black. In a statement to evangelical leaders, uh, Dr. Hilliard wrote that Jesus stood with and for the poor and the oppressed and disinherited. He came for the sick and the needy. He came into the world as the ultimate nigger of the universe. 
So what is Hilliard seeking to express this, that Jesus name, Jesus came to and became one of the oppressed? The message of Christ then is seen in Luke 4, 18 and 19. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim and to release the captives and the recovery of the sight to the blind, to set free those who are downtrodden and to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. Christ became a member of the oppressed in order to promise them freedom and hope. Also, he suffered as the oppressed individual. He was poor. He was a poor Jew in a Roman-dominated world. Christ, in his expression of God in history, whereby one can know God's concern and identification with the rejected of this society. Some blacks also believe he was politically and even violently in conflict with the stat status quo of the first century. See, not all black theologians, however, hold this view of Jesus as a political leader. For example, Cone admits that Jesus did not resort to violence or advocate overthrow of the social order. However, Cone does reject the idea of Jesus as a model for contemporary discussion. Since man's choices today are not the same as Jesus' choices, blacks must not be bound by a biblical literalism. Their question is not what did Jesus do, but what is he doing and where is he at work? Black theology envisions Jesus Christ as one who stands on the side of blacks and is one of them over and against the oppressor who is white. Also to many blacks, he is the example of revolt against the oppressive status quo. Christ as savior seen basically in political terms. In his intrinsic nature and spiritual activity receives little or no attention. So we thank God for you joining our Truth Matters podcast today. And we want you to pray for us that we will continue to stand for truth in this last day. God bless you.